This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, let's be blunt. There's not a bigger battleground than big tech right now. Uh, and you see this on the financial side. You see it in this, the, the, these bank failures. Uh, you're seeing it in, uh, in, in everything. If you watch any of these committee hearings, it's, it's, it's one big tech working with government nonstop. You couldn't have watched the Taibbi hearings over at the weaponization and not be shocked. It's Wednesday, 15 March, year of alert 2023. It is the Ides of March. I want to thank all of the team that put together that great cold open today that went through all the, um, what happened to Caesar, what Caesar had, had done and what happened to him, which I thought was quite powerful. Remember. Our founding father's revolutionary generation was absolutely obsessed by the Roman Republic for good reasons. Our government is kind of, um, the foundational elements is the Roman Republic. Mike Davis, um, you've dedicated your life to this. You know, Davis could go out and make big bucks, but he's out there hammering all the time on tech. And here's what I don't get. And look, I, I think very highly of Jim Jordan and the world. And that's what was so confusing about this, because he's always come across to me as a fighter. I know the audience does too. There's something not right here. And it's one of these things like the Ukraine. I can't quite figure it out. But once I figure it out, I got it. Is it because big tech's got so much cash, all the lobbyists, they put so much weight and, quite frankly, intimidate people. If you go up against them, you're not going to get a great job, particularly if you're a lawyer. You're not going to get hired by a big firm. You're going to known as having the mark of Cain on you. Is it part of it, the Chinese Communist Party, which is so infested in the Sequoia and, and Silicon Valley and, and venture capital? I'm not saying people on these committees – are, 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 have had influence, but there's got to be something more. I don't understand and why they leaked this. Particularly, they got their conference coming up this weekend. They leaked this, that they're going to not take any real action, essentially, against uh, big tech, which this base in the Trump movement hates big tech because of what they've done to deplatform and debank them, et cetera. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Jim Jordan wants to give Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple two more years of antitrust amnesty, and they will become even more powerful. They will crush even more competition. They'll shutter even more small businesses. They'll cancel even more conservatives. And the reason Jim Jordan, his excuse for doing this is he doesn't want to give the Biden administration more resources and power. Why well, I would say this, this is Antitrust is targeted law enforcement. We have the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and the Antitrust Division at the Justice Department. The Lena Khan, the Biden appointee at the FTC, got 69 Senate votes. That's a lot, including from people like Josh Hawley. Jonathan Cantor in the Antitrust Division got 68 votes. That's a lot, including from people like, again, Josh Hawley. These are serious antitrust reformers who uh, want to uh, work with a bipartisan coalition to hold big tech accountable. So I would say to Jim Jordan, if you don't want to give the Biden administration money to fight big tech, do you want to give the Biden administration money to fight fentanyl? Do you want to give the Biden administration money to beef up the border? Do you want to give the Biden administration money to fight violent crime? It's a nonsensical argument. He's he's doing this. He's 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 
He's doing this because he's doing big tech's big, and you have to ask why, Steve. Like you said, I mean, he's taking a lot of what big tech money. What, what is he? Hang on, hang on. What 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 does he mean by he doesn't want to give Biden more risk because he's afraid big tech will come in to support the campaign at twenty four? They'll go all in if the Republicans try to step up. Is his argument we're just going to enrich Biden and make it more difficult to remove him from office? Is is that the case? No, I mean he's saying we shouldn't give money to the to the Federal Trade Commission and the Antitrust Division at the Justice Department because that gives the Biden administration money. Well, do we stop giving money to the Biden DE? Do we stop giving money to the Biden Border Patrol? I mean, it's, it's, it's really a stupid argument, and it shows that this is a show game that Jim Jordan is playing because he's coddling big tech, particularly Google. And you have to ask why. Uh, he takes He's taken a lot of big tech's money over the years, so has Kevin McCarthy. Uh, both of their t- uh, top aides have, have taken uh, big tech's money over the years. Kevin McCarthy's uh, top advisor on the outside is Jeff Miller. He's a lobbyist who's taken millions of dollars from Amazon. Uh, you have uh, uh, Jim Jordan's top staffers on the Judiciary Committee. One of his chief counsels on the Judiciary Committee comes from that Google world. And he's he's the one who drives this. He takes Google trips around the world. He's come from Google world. There's a revolving door between the Google funded world and the you know the House Judiciary Committee that Jim Jordan leads. Uh, it's look if Jim Jordan were just honest about this, if he would just come out and say, you know what, I don't think we should break up big tech because of X, but he doesn't. He he says he wants to hold big tech accountable, but then he does their bidding behind the scenes, and that's the problem. Daryl Issa makes no bones about it. He's from California. He, he, he wants to protect his constituents in California. I mean, I don't agree with him, but I understand his position. I don't understand Jim Jordan's position, and what I particularly don't like about what Jim Jordan does is that he gaslights and then he undermines people like me uh, running the Internet Accountability Project on a shoestring budget uh, and he wants to undermine what I'm doing uh, because I oppose uh, because I'm calling out his his nonsense. I'm calling out his BS on this big tech fight and this this hill story. What, what is this? Really, what, yeah. Go ahead. You, you think you think the hill story is accurate? It's it's 100 percent accurate. I've been I've been arguing this for three years. I worked very closely with Congressman Ken Buck, who has been a warrior on this. I came from. Senator Grassley's office, who's been a warrior on this. Look, this is a big, when I started this big tech fight three years ago, it was a very lonely fight taking on big tech from the right. So I am all about converts. If Jim Jordan wants to be a convert on this, I will welcome him into the fight and I'll stop bashing him on your show and Fox News and every, every other conservative media outlet. I will welcome him into this fight, but he needs, he needs to have a come to Jesus. He needs to be a real convert here and stop doing Google's bidding and join the fight to hold big tech accountable. Let's, let's, let's take let's take let's take a minute. You were very excited a couple of weeks ago about what was going to happen with Google. What was going to press forward? Is that still in the works? Absolutely. There are two lawsuits right now from the Biden antitrust division. Uh, Jonathan Cantor is fantastic. Uh, he has been uh, he, he's pursuing the the antitrust lawsuit against Google for their online search monopoly and so that's that was started by the Trump administration and he's he did he just initiated another lawsuit with uh, you know the Virginia Attorney General and many other Republican AGs across the country Andrew Ferguson my former colleague on the Senate Judiciary Committee and a justice clerk Thomas clerk when I clerk for justice Justice Gorsuch is uh, teaming up with Jonathan Cancer to go after Google's online search monopoly that is the silver bullets if you break up their online search monopoly, they control all sides of it, buy, sell, and trade. 
That is where they get their lifeblood. That is, it's the online advertising. That is what fuels big tech, particularly Google. So if you break that up, that is the silver bullet. The problem is, is these lawsuits take years, sometimes even decades, right? Look at Microsoft lawsuit. Senator Mike Lee, who is a convert on in this fight, he, he came at it with pure intentions. He was kind of a, you know, a libertarian on don't, let's not use antitrust to go after big tech. But he's seen over the last three years how bad uh, big tech is and how they abuse their market power to crush competition, shutter small businesses, cancel conservatives. Mike Lee has been red pilled. He's been great on this. There is a bill that Jim Jordan could support today that would break up Google's online advertising monopoly. Every Democrat, every Republican in Congress should get behind this bill. It's a bipartisan bill. It's a compromise bill. It would be a silver bullet to break up, uh, break up Google's online advertising monopoly, which really is the linchpin to all of big tech's monopoly. Uh, if you break that up, you're really going to see uh, big tech start to function properly. There's going to be a proper, uh, properly functioning. Remember, it, the whole point of antitrust 100 years ago is, is a free market requires a functioning market. And when you have monopolists using their market power to crush competition, to cr crush uh, crush crush competitors, you no longer have a free market. So if you are a free market conservative, you should be all about antitrust law enforcement because you're targeting the bad actors, you're targeting the tumors. You see okay. Facebook calling industry-wide regulation. Of course they are, because those are entry barriers to competitors. Monopolists want regulations, but we don't want regulations, we want law enforcement. And that's why we need to break up big it's, it's with anti-law enforcement. It, it's a, it's the a way you get away from state capitalism. How do, how do people find out more about you? Your crusade against big tech, also social media, because you're coming a little hot on uh, Twitter. It makes it worth the ride. I, yeah, so it's article3project.org, article3project.org. There is a link on there for the War Room Posse that explains all this big tech stuff and the bills and how they can contact, contact their members of Congress. They light them up, 202 224 3121, Three one two one, and tell them to support Mike Lee's ad tech bill. Uh, but call both of your home state senators and your House of Representative member, uh, and tell them to support Mike Lee's ad tech bill. It's important. You can also uh, get me on uh, on Twitter, Getter Truth at at Article Three Project at Article Number Three Project, and my personal uh, at MRDDMIA at MRDDMIA. That's my initials in Des Moines, Iowa. So thank you, Steve, for all you're doing. By the and what a great week with the Silicon Valley Bank. Since the, since the Warren Posse bailed them out, maybe they call Congress and give them a, uh, give them a, a, uh, a heads up in how angry they are about this entire thing. The entitled nature of the Silicon Valley oligarchs and their minions is, is pretty shocking. Mike Davis, thank you for taking the time today to come on and join us. Thank you. Davis's audience favor have been pretty uh, been pretty busy. Let's go ahead and play. I got Thomas Phillipson from President Trump's administration, one of his chief economic advisors. Let's go ahead and play. Let's go ahead and play the cold open. News out of Europe that sparked today's sell-off and the headlines this afternoon that partially turned things around. CNBC's Hugh Sun is here to explain what's going on. Hugh, why does Credit Suisse matter for U.S. depositors, U.S. investors, and is it because incidents like this scare the whole banking se uh, sector and? and scared banks lend less? 
Hey, John, yeah, I, there isn't that direct a correlation for U.S. deposit holders. They are actually, is my understanding, really not, uh, you know, wealth management, uh, you know, clients. That's more for the Europeans. Mm. Uh, it, you know, if, if there's, a, if there's a, a, a presence in the United States, it's through investment banking. And so if you see the, the, the big American banks sell off today, that's because, you, be, you know, uh, Credit Suisse has is a global, financially important uh, institution. It's got relationships with all the big banks, Goldman, uh, J.P. Morgan, B of A. And so if it, uh, you know, it starts to teeter and gets closer to an incident, uh, then you're going to see the, the repercussions pass through to the other big global investment banks. Uh, it, it's a developing situation. We've had just in the past hour or so, the market mm. came back slightly, I'll say slightly, uh, here, but news that uh, the, the Swiss National Bank uh, could provide Credit Suisse with liquidity if need be. I guess walk us through what that process could look like and whether that shores up the confidence levels for let, the let bank. Me, let me have this. When I hear Swiss National Bank is going to come in and give, uh, which is the central bank of Switzerland, going to come in and give liquidity, that means you're looking at a bank takeover. Uh, later, she talks about UBS and Credit Suisse being put together into a mega bank, a national, quote unquote national champion. Thomas Phillipson, you were you were one of President Trump's uh, senior economic advisors. Is this contagion spreading uh, now to Europe and going to blow back here of the of this banking crisis, sir? I mean, we've seen in France and Germany, their banks are now going down ten percent today as well. With the Swiss coming down, it was down twenty percent for a while. It, it came up after the news that they're going to be rescued, but. I mean, ultimately, I think this is a problem both in the U.S. and in Europe of the instability, essentially, of uh, fractional reserve banking, which is how, what we have, where the banks basically only have 15 to 20 percent of deposits on and that they can liquidate at a given point in time. And then so once you get these problems, you have this, this instability in fractional reserve. Now, the interesting part about that is that we have a new innovation in decentralized finance called crypto, believe it or not, that basically gets rid of the middleman, the bank, the fractional reserves, where it's peer-to-peer -peer lending, right? So it's like email replacing the postal service is essentially what it does. And when you have crypto lending, it peer-to-peer. And the inefficiencies and problems with the middleman gets broken out because there's no middleman anymore. And what's central to all these fractional reserve banks is that they're middlemen between borrowers and lenders. And essentially what crypto as a competitive alternative and a decentralized alternative can achieve, and you see this with Avi and other banks of crypto in, in crypto markets, they can achieve a lot more stability. Avi has been completely stable through FTX and also the Silicon Valley uh, problem. And the reason that Avi as a bank for crypto is stable is because they're commission-based as opposed to taking deposits, investing them, and then having a mismatch between deposits and, and investments. So Avi essentially works like so, a. Yeah, it, no, but hang, but hang on, but hang on, but but the, this theoretical discussion. Or look, I'm a big believer in crypto as a, a potential alternative store of value, potentially do transactions. That market's got to develop a little bit, and obviously Bitcoin and things have been uh, inversely related to the drop here. But when you have a mass, I mean, we have 19 trillion dollars, brother, of deposits in 
in, in banks here, and, and we've given, and correct me if I'm wrong, it, 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 is it your belief? And we had J.D. Vance on here yesterday, said he went to the FDIC guys and asked them straight out, have we given it a guarantee on $19 trillion? They kind of dance around it, or even the 5 or $6 trillion of uninsured. With $19 trillion right now, I mean, we have a massive problem that has to be addressed, and it's not going to be addressed by crypto overnight. This no, means, no, no. and they're blaming, quite frankly, Trump. Yeah, they're blaming you and Trump. They're blaming you and Trump. They're blaming you and Trump that said, hey, you guys got rid of all the regulations, all the great regulations there with, uh, with the banking regulations. You eased up, and that's why we have Silicon Valley Bank. That, that would be, uh, they're lying about that, correct? Yeah, so the White House came out with three arguments where, which are completely false. One is that it was the deregulation of the mid-sized regional banks to not be as strenuously regulated as the big banks that cost us, or essentially that we don't have enough government involvement in these markets. Even though, obviously, inflation and interest rates hiked the fastest in 40 years is the real problem why, these, why SBB got in trouble to start with. So it's a government risk that has caused these failures. It's not, you know, it's not too little <laughs> government involvement. So the second thing they said, there's no new taxes. Obviously there are when you pay FDI, when you're mandated to pay FDIC to raise the money necessary for this, that's a tax. And then the third thing they said, this is no bailout of the banks. Obviously it is because the capital structure is that the depositors go first and then comes the bondholders and shareholders of the bank. So if you get, if you take care of the capital or the depositors, then obviously you're taking care of the, the, the debt holders and shareholders of the bank. They're obviously much better off when the guys in front of them in the capital structure have been nullified by basically the government. Now you've got this situation that the Fed's jammed up because the, the gross overspending led to the inflation. Now you've got um, now you've got the inflation that they got to make a choice: either let the dumpster fire inflation burn, or if they start jacking rates, the entire system, the unrealized losses get worse. How how do you think they get you and 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 Navarro and 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 Cudlow and that crowd with President Trump? You you had the great years of nineteen, and even with the CCP virus, the solid year of twenty. But you you the nineteen was a golden year. Um, right. How do you think the Fed and the administration gets there? I mean, they just gave us a $6.8 trillion budget <clears> that, that has two tra- a trillion and a half dollars of deficit. You got the Fed jammed up in, in a corner. H- how do you think they fight their way out of here? Yeah, the, the tricky part here, which is uh, the really thing people don't talk about, is that Biden claims to reduce the deficit in 10 years by $3 trillion. That's about, you know, $3 trillion out of $22 trillion predicted by CBO. So it's peanuts, right? It's 10% or whatever. So he, the question is now, if you have that projected deficit going forward, in addition to adding to the debt that we already have, is that going to be monetized or not? Presumably, it will be partly monetized. And then you're just feeding inflation again, right? That's what we did with the, during COVID. Everything was monetized. The Fed was buying the the uh, uh, the bonds, the government bonds, and that's why we had a huge spike in in money supply in 2020. It was just an enormous shock to increase in the money supply. It was kind of like a step up, and then it stayed up there. 
So they, do, do, you th do you think that that game? Well, hang on. Do you think that game is over though? How do you continue to just have the Fed buy it? I mean, the Fed. How do you continue this? Isn't isn't that this is my point? The math makes no sense here. You're right. Nobody's seventy. All the headlines say cut deficit by three trillion. Well, the CPO had it in nineteen to twenty-two. That means you're another twenty trillion dollars out of fifty-two. Your two trillion interest payments. None of the basic math. It, it nothing makes sense. So, are they serious people? This is my point. Do you see, as an economist and one of Trump's senior guys, any real plan by adults to set this thing right? Of course not. I mean, this, they cannot be arguing that this is a path, path to prosperity. I mean, like, the real issue here is that you can't tax your way out of this debt, right? You have to spend. Suppose you wanted to tax your way out of this debt in 10 years, right? Let's say it's currently about 100% the, the share that's held by the public, 100% of GDP. If you wanted to tax your way out of that debt in 10 years, you would have to raise 10% of GDP in extra revenue per year. That is currently 50% more than we're raising in revenue. Currently, we have about 20% of GDP in government and federal revenue. That's just not going to happen. That's like impossible, right? So you have to re reduce spending. You're not going to be able to tax your way out of this debt. And, and on top of that, when you do that tax increase, massive tax increase, obviously the tax base is going to shrink. People are going to avoid it or stop working, whatever. And so you're not going to get as much revenue as you thought you would initially without attack, changing the tax base. So you, you, you are literally forced to cut spending in one, one way or another. If you're serious about, even if you don't want to get rid of the debt, that's an extreme case. But even if you want to get down to 50% of GDP or 40% of GDP or what have you, there's no way you're going to be able to tax your way out of that without destroying the economy. Your, your, your numbers are amazing. We want you to come back. What, what, how do people follow you, particularly social media, any website you've got? Yeah, uh, Thomas without an H. Right. I, I spell my name Thomas without an H. I'm Philipson in my last time. I'm on LinkedIn. I post everything I do in offense and TV, uh, TV hits and everything on there. Do, do you have, do you, are you on Twitter or Getter or, 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 or so I, Truth? I might go on Twitter now. We'll see. <laughs> but not. <laughs> Thomas, thank you so much. The okay. uh, chairman of the uh, economic of the economic advisors uh, council over there for President Trump, uh, and a guy that President Trump thought very highly of. You look at that math, and you just it's you know it's it's they're not serious. And remember, the logic here was the, the massive overspending when we had aggregate demand back up led to the led to the infa inflation. The inflation destroyed the bond market, particularly government securities, treasuries, and that's where we're now in a conundrum. And this thing is bad. I don't know how you're going to work your way out of it. Let me, let's get Scott Pressler on here, one of the great patriots and one of the hardest workers. Scott, first off, update on your health. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I've been out door knocking in the cold here in Wisconsin, so I'm ready to rock. Please tell me about Wisconsin. Uh, I'm very concerned about this race. I keep telling everybody this is the kickoff really to 2024 is this race. As you're going door knocking, because you're the best grassroots guy out there. I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you're a savage when you get on top of this. How are we doing in Wisconsin? Well, first, let me discuss the background. So right now, conservatives hold a majority on the Supreme Court in the Wisconsin state. And it's four Republicans and three Democrats. But one Republican is retiring. 
And on April 4th, we're going to replace that person. So very easily, a four to three conservative court, if we are not able to hold this seat, could then flip to four to three liberal. And I want to make it clear what's at stake in this election. Gun rights are on the ballot. Hunting rights are on the ballot. School choice is on the ballot. And Steve, I traveled the country. I've been over to 30 states. The number one topic that I hear about from voters is they want election integrity. Here in Wisconsin, we actually have voter ID laws. And when you register to vote, you must present a proof of residency. I'm speaking to everyone at home listening right now to the war room. If we are unable to win this seat on April 4th, electing Justice Daniel Kelly to the Supreme Court, then I promise you the liberals and the Democrats will invalidate on day one voter ID laws in Wisconsin, and they will get rid of proof of residency in Wisconsin. And that is going to make it much, much more an arduous task of actually winning Wisconsin and winning the White House in 2024. And so we've been writing thousands of postcards, knocking on doors, doing phone calls, registering voters at Marquette University and the University of Wisconsin. And we're gonna be doing this for the next three weeks on behalf of Justice Daniel Kelly. Okay, in in 2020, I mean, because th- the laws, although it's, it's got a lot of progressives in Wisconsin, they have some of the tightest voting laws in the country. And they had this thing about signing up for, for mail-in ballots. But you had these arguments. I mean, Wisconsin was the one that should have flipped the most given the evidence. And we had these, the, the minority opinion, because one of the judges last second kind of blinked the Republican judges. But if you read the minority opinion of the Supreme Court, it's the best case out there for why these why the electors should have been sent back for further review my point is that the Wisconsin Supreme Court is everything and the 2024 election kicks off on 4 April if we don't win that i, I tell you, and there is no path to the presidency none zero take it from Stephen K Bannon that doesn't go through Wisconsin Georgia and Arizona full stop right these three have got to fall in our column uh, Scott, do you believe uh, that it'll be much more difficult to win if we lose a Supreme Court seat, sir? A hundred percent. It's going to be much more difficult to win Wisconsin and win the White House if we are not successful in electing Justice Daniel Kelly on April 4th. And please don't just wait to vote on April 4th. You're not going to like what I have to say, viewers at home. But I've been here in Wisconsin in Waukesha, Ozaki, Milwaukee, Kenosha. It's been snowing almost every single day. And I promise you, it's probably going to snow on Election Day on April 4th. Go to myvote.wi.gov and vote early. And please, you want to see more advertising Justin Kelly? Kelly.com, make a plan to vote. Okay, Scott, can you hang through? Just We're going to keep Scott over, take a short commercial break. Scott Pressler, the best of the best when it comes to grassroots, knocking on doors, getting people out to vote, reporting from Wisconsin. Short commercial break next. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify? 
the air on board our Navy ships. Because of Viracleanse, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness-causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. And Viracleanse is the new science in air purification. And now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay prior. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business church, or nonprofit, and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. 
The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. Uh, Scott Pressel is with us. The reason I asked Scott when he came on about his health, this guy's almost worked himself to death. He's one of the hardest working guys out there. I mean, we've been very honored. Besides our normal everyday contributors who are, as you know, incredibly hardworking, we had O'Keefe and now Pressler, who are two of the hardest working guys in this business. Scott, I just want to go through, and by the way, Scott has committed. He's going to be on 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. We're going to get him on the morning show, too, for the morning show audience. Um, Scott, I just want you to make the case. Take a minute. and, and The centrality of Wisconsin, all these other school choice, uh, all this other stuff that's happening at the schools on the grooming side, everything to do with gun rights. There's so many important things that the Supreme Court in, uh, you know, redistricting all of it in Wisconsin are going to going to hear in the very short term. However, also all the issues with voting, which Wisconsin was central last time, and the Supreme Court will be central to 2024. And that's why I say the season kicks off the early, not even a pregame you know, on the pregame schedule, on the real schedule is April 4th in Wisconsin. Tell us how important it is and where do we stand? Because I saw some stats that he was 10 down. I think I've seen some polling. He's five or six down. We only got three weeks. What are people to do, Scott, even people outside the state? Two biggest issues in this race. Number one, medical freedom. In 2020, Justice Daniel Kelly was the deciding vote that stopped Democrat Governor Evers' stay-at-home order. If it weren't for a conservative majority in 2020, then Wisconsin businesses and schools and churches would have continued to have been shut down. If the liberals win on April 4th and another pandemic happens, Wisconsin will have no check and balance against Democrat Governor Evers. Number two, election integrity. This is the single most important issue going into 2024 on this ballot for April 4th, because if the liberals are able to win flipping the court from conservative to liberal, they will get rid of voter ID laws here in the state of Wisconsin. They will get rid of proof of residency here in the state of Wisconsin. And mind you, the Supreme Court here in this state ruled recently that unmanned drop boxes are unconstitutional. If we are unable to elect Justice Daniel Kelly on April 4th, then unmanned drop boxes will be ruled as constitutional going into the 2024 presidential elections, and you will have drop boxes on every street corner in Milwaukee, in Madison, in Eau Claire, in Green Bay, across the state. It is so crucial that we are getting every single conservative Wisconsin voter out for Justice Daniel Kelly to preserve medical freedom, to preserve election integrity. Now, how can you at home help? Number one, we're writing postcards. You can go to justicedanielkelly.com because I'm hearing from many of you. You say, Scott, I live in Wisconsin. I'm not hearing advertisements. Everything is for his opponent. If you want more advertisements for Justice Daniel Kelly, then I need you to support him financially. I need you to contribute to Justice Daniel Kelly 
at justicedanielkelly.com. You can also download an application called Early Vote Action. Early Vote Action is an application that you, from the comfort of your home, no matter where you're living in any of the 50 states, can make phone calls on behalf of Justice Daniel Kelly. If you have any questions, please, I'm on every social media platform at Scott Pressler. I will stay up in the middle of the night, answer any of them. This election is so important that I got here on March 5th and I will be here throughout the election on April 4th. I'm doing everything in my power to secure this election. And I hope that you at home understand the urgency and, cr and crucial nature of this election and you will help me to make sure that we are electing Justice Daniel Kelly to the Wisconsin Supreme Court on April 4th. Okay, well, everybody, one more time. What is the site to go to that they can make phone calls? Where do they go for that? And then where do they go to get to you? You can download Early Vote Action, an application. Our website is earlyvoteaction.com. To get to me is at Scott Pressler into financially contribute to Justice Daniel Kelly, please go to justicedanielkelly.com. And I look forward to being on your program tomorrow at 11. Yeah, Scott, you, you're the guy that's put it on the line. So, uh, and when you say, when you say, hey, we need to work here, people uh, line up and put their shoulders to the wheel. So thank you. And we're so grateful that you are out there on the scene. On-scene commander, Scott Presler. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. These are the warriors. They're the great ones. Um, I got Boris has got some polling. Uh, he is he's traveling. We're trying to get Boris, but I want to go to Patrick Coffin. Patrick, first off, hope is fuel. I can tell you one thing: uh, the people that are going to speak at the conference have come on the show, and it's it, it's blowing people away. Uh, I know that the I think the conference is this Saturday, right, the eighteenth. Uh, Bishop Bishop yeah, Strickland, sure. we're still trying to get on, and others, but 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 the people we've put on. So once again. Walk through what's the purpose of the conference. We had you on for your first one it was fantastic, and it was so people were so upset about it they they shut it down. The internet carrier shut it down. What is this conference? What is Hope is Fuel? How do people get there? And particularly, they got during hard times. You got a free version, and then you got a more inside the ropes version. I want to make sure people know everything about this and how they get there. Sure. Well, thanks, Steve, for having me on again. Uh, Hopeisfuel.com is the wheelhouse for this coming summit, which is uh, Saturday, March 18th, but it's also going to be a movement. It's going to be a live events. It's going to be a community. And uh, we're already planning our second one uh, on, uh, it's called the Sheepdog Edition. That's going to be for 4th of July, devoted to supporting law enforcement and military. But this one is focused on tips and tactics for mental health strategy, depression, anxiety, uh, sense of despair. You said it with a previous guest, Steve, I was listening to, and you said, this thing is bad. Well, that's kind of a snapshot of how a lot of people all across the religious and, and political spectrums are feeling. This thing is bad. Uh, the news gives us all, uh, you know, scrolling doom. Um, I'm waiting for the murder hornets to come back. You know, bank meltdown, uh, the Chinese balloons, UFOs, Ukraine, Russia, World War II, uh, stock market uh, fears. So if you feel like you're, you've lost some freedom, you're gonna feel like you've lost some hope. And that's what the cabal has been trying to do to us, uh, ramping it up since about March, uh, 2020. And the shadow of all of that despair is still with us. And so we wanna punch back twice as hard. Uh, we have a dream team of speakers, eight speakers from different angles on mental health and um, attaining a sense of peace and balance. Dr. Leland Stillman, MD uh, from Florida, he's got a dynamic book out called uh, Dying to be Free. 
Um, basically, big pharma exists to keep us sick. Uh, there's very little incentive to uh, offer free tactics to keep you uh, to keep you healthy and away from the doctor. Uh, Anne Gillies, a very brave psychotherapist from Ontario, Canada, on how to overcome childhood loss and trauma. Dr. Mark McDonald, the uh, child and uh, adolescent psychiatrist from Los Angeles, is going to talk about how to break the grip of fear addiction. Uh, Royce White, a good friend of uh, The War Room, is going to talk about being diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder as a former NBA superstar, now podcast host on his own uh, right. Royce and I are going to do uh, an interview with he and I, and then it's, we're going to open it up to uh, to a Q&A. Uh, and, well, there's a, uh, Peter Bregan, the, the conscience of psychiatry, is going to talk about loss of hope as the, the onset of depression and how you can make yourself well by creating an upward spiral that doesn't have to do with poisoning your brain with psychotropic drugs. Um, Adam Lane Smith on attachment <laughs> issues, how your relationship with your parents affects your relationship with your spouse and everyone else. And finally, the great, I call him the Gary Cooper of uh, American bishops, just mm -hmm. Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, is going to wrap up Hope is Fear with the final talk. Um, there is a free version. Uh, you can go to hopeisfuel.com. We have a premium ticket for only $98. Everyone gets a discount off this one because we want to, we want the numbers to be big because, frankly, we want to make a splash on the big one because uh, my business partner, Ryan, told me last night that uh, within a couple of hours, we had a 1,000 more people sign up. So this is hitting a nerve in a good way. Um, I like to think of us as, uh, you know, fighters between rounds, they sit in the corner and they get the splash of ice water and they get a, a pep talk from their coach from the seconds and so on. Um, a lot of people in your audience are exhausted. Look, the people you're, you're having on your show, they're, they're fighting their day in and day out, in season and out, and they need a refresher. They need that cleanser uh, palate, palate cleanser at the uh, at the battle. So we think Hope is Fuel is, is what the doctor ordered. How did you, it's, uh, how, by the, 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 the speakers, yeah, we know that our, we know our audience is very pumped up about this. There is a walk through. There is a free version too. If you don't have, because I know times are tight for people. You got the one that you can pay for. Is there a free version? You can go and just watch the videos. I know you can't participate actually in the give and yeah. take of the conference, but there is a option if, if you can't. What, what? How do they get to that option? They can go there, find everything at the the landing page of hopeisfuel.com. They can watch all the talks for free from uh, eight thirty in the morning Pacific until Perfect. late afternoon. Why? Why did you pick? Why did you pick? Um, uh, Hope is fuel. Why, how did you come up with that? Your, you and your partner. How did you come up with that concept? Well, I learned from from uh, speaking with Ryan that he actually uh, snagged the URL hopeisfuel.com back in about 2014. He wasn't even sure what he was going to do with it. Um, Ryan has been very frank about his own diagnosis with anxiety disorder, uh, clinical depression, clinical burnout, and he's struggled as many of us have with the issue of. Uh, feeling like the, the darkness is getting darker and uh, despair is easy to grab onto. And uh, the idea of hope being fuel is kind of a universal idea that it's a very personal thing. Everyone hopes for, for different things, but everyone hopes for a good outcome. No one wakes up in the morning and, and says, you know, how can I make my day worse? They want things to go better. And our news media machine is run by the, the salesmanship on, in favor of paranoia. We want to flip that and uh, encourage people to think through the, the lens of pronoia. Pronoia is the opposite of paranoia. Uh, if paranoia is the belief that the world's out to get you, pronoia is the belief that actually the world is in your favor, that things will work out. And that's a very biblical lens. Uh, Romans 8, 28 says, uh, all things work together for the good for those who love God. Not some things, not most things, 
all things. So we think this is a, a ship that needs to be turned around, and fighters on our side certainly need uh, refreshment and encouragement and support. And so uh, all the other details are found at hopeisfuel.com. Patrick, it's fantastic. Hopefully we can get Bishop Strickland and a couple of others in before the uh, 18th, but I'll be uh, watching it all day. It's just fantastic. you got a who's who, incredibly positive people, serious people, and then you've got people like Royce White to do your to do your uh, your talk and discussion with it can't be better. This is going to be very powerful. I can tell you already from people that saw uh, the speakers, they just couldn't be more excited. So uh, go with God, and we look forward to participating. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Godspeed. Appreciate it. Patrick Coffin, people remember we had the conference a couple of years ago. The first In the first hour, they tried to take it down, the Internet provider. That's how controversial it was. Hope is fuel. Make sure Grace and Captain Bannon uh, get it up and to put it out on all of our, all for everybody in the chat rooms, everybody that's uh, that's watching it right now. Um, I want to go to Father Robert Matigue. Uh, Father Matigue is one of the best writers out there. Uh, you, this piece you wrote and then the interview, would you say time is running out? You're one of the more serious people I've met, and we pride ourselves on having serious people on the show. But the title of your piece was A Brief History of Our Annihilation. Uh, yes. And, and, you know, I've read your philosophy books. I've read that you're pretty, a, be pretty, you're a pretty positive guy. You're a realist, but you're positive. What is the brief history of our annihilation? And why do you think we're reaching a point, our culture and society is reaching a point of no return, Father? Well, I, in summary, we're running out of things to reject and to destroy and to corrupt. I, I trace an evolution going back from Martin Luther, 1517, rejecting the church. The French Revolution rejects Christ. Uh, 19th century, Darwin and Marx reject the creator. In the 50s and 60s, the sexual revolution, we actually we reject sexuality, fertility, uh, marriage. Uh, we reject our future in the 70s with the cult of contraception uh, and abortion. If you can't, if you can't cancel the future, you have to kill it. We reject our past with uh, with, with wokeism, with d denying history, pulling down monuments, digging up corpses. Uh, we reject our past now with. Uh, Turning you know corpses in, in, into uh, into fertilizer, and now we're rejecting our future by turning our children into sexual consumables. We're rejecting the human body as male or female with transgenderism. Now we're rejecting the human species both with transspeciesism and being a furry. And then also transhumanism. Humanity needs an upgrade from a chip stuck in, in the back of your cerebral cortex. It, what we're seeing here is is the it's spiritual warfare. This is the spiritual warfare endgame. We've rejected everything God has given us. We've run out of things to reject. What we have left is the nihilistic, narcissistic cannibalism of hell being played out before our eyes. When you take uh, and you go through that list and you see what does it say about us that we continue to reject you, you go you're going back over a 50 60 70 80 year period right, is this right. just the road to perdition has it been anything to turn it walk, walk me through that because uh you know in, in investment banking they say well the you don't have to get all the numbers around but directionally you got to be right directionally right, right. you've scared me because we haven't stood up to any of this so far 
Right. We, we've, we've been rolled over for a long time. There was a book called The Year of Our Lord, 1943, and it was written by a gentleman, his name escapes me sadly, who said, hey, World War II is coming to an end. The Americans are involved. Let's try to rebuild the world on Christian humanistic principles. People like C.S. Lewis are involved, Jacques Maritain. That got ejected almost immediately. Uh, in the West, what used to be known as Christendom, we had peace, prosperity, and no children. That is unprecedented. I think except for pockets of resistance here and there, everyone has been dancing to the tune of the Pied Piper. And what we're seeing now is a failure of Christian communities, a failure of academia as well, and a failure of of families. We're going to have to plan for some very hard times, and we have to identify ourselves as planting the seeds for uh, a, a rebuilding, because the fantasy that we've been living here, that we can we can live without Christ and get on just fine, that's running out of gas in a hurry. One of the most powerful, I know Cardinal Zen and then the evangelicals in China, one of the most powerful churches as far as commitment is the underground Catholic Church and the underground evangelicals in under the Chinese Communist Party's dictatorial reign, and they, right. they think they approximately there may be a hundred million, two hundred million. It's one it's Xi's biggest fear. How can yes. it be in in a completely dictatorial society? You have a robust, vibrant church, and here in the West where we have so much abundance, you've seen actually the implosion of not just right. the church but the precepts of the Judeo Christian West. Well, if you have no experience of physical need, if life is so comfortable that the only time you think about death is when you plan to avoid it, then odds are you're not going to be open to the transcendent. But when you get that that boot on the back of your neck, as, as our poor brothers and sisters do in China, part of you cries out and says, there's got to be more to life than that, just this. And that that's, that's a ripe, fruitful area for the gospel to take hold. I, I think we've just been too comfortable too dumb, fat, and happy for a very long time, and we have the illusion that we can live comfortably, that we can violate the Sixth Commandment with impunity and with no limits to creativity, and so we're, we're just having the party. We're, we're, ha we're, we're binging on the, the credit card of rest, Western civilization. We've blown past that, that limit, and I think we're going to need a very great shock to remind us that this world isn't all that there is. Father, what are the first steps for people to take? We want to combat this and say, hey, we understand it's a spiritual war. It's all right. stakes in poker. What's the first steps people can take? What's your recommendation? Oh, uh, come to Jesus. <laughs> Very simple. Get baptized. Live a sacramental life. If you're Catholic, go to confession. Read up on what Our Lady of Fatima asked us, and then we've got to start forming small communities. We've got to uh, have pockets of resistance. The reason totalitarianism works is because people are isolated and afraid. This is why dictators hate the church, because we offer a transcendent horizon in worship. We value the dignity of the human individual, and we form communities that are not beholden to the state. So individual conversion and then community connection, that's the first step. Okay, here's what I want to do. We're going to get all your links up, but walk us through. How do they get to this, the brief history annihilation? How do people right. get to this interview you did called at the turning point? And then how did they get to all 
of your writings and social media? All, all, all of my work is at my website, heraldofthegospel.org, heraldofthegospel.org. All of my interviews, all of my podcasts uh, are there. All of my writing is there. The article in question, A Brief History of Our Annihilation, is found in Crisis magazine. And uh, eventually, all of my recorded preaching going back 10 or 15 years is, is going to be there, too. That's, that's going to take a little while. And my uh, books Father, are there. Thank you. I know you had changed your. I know you had to change your schedule to come on today. We really appreciate the the, the Glad piece to be was that powerful, and your interview was that powerful. Thank Father, you so much, uh, Robert Matique. Thank you. It's one of the 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 uh, old school, an old school Jesuit, as I would call it, <laughs> a throwback. Um, okay. Uh, we 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 didn't get Boris up for the for the polling. We're gonna do that tomorrow. We also have, I think, Rasmussen is going to join us first thing tomorrow. We've got some shocking polling that's going to come in and a lot more. Obviously, all the capital markets, the economics. We're going to talk about Ukraine, this whole situation with uh, Ron DeSantis and the Republican establishment. But we've got some blockbuster polling. We're going to start uh, with Rasmussen. You don't want to miss it. Also, Boris is going to be here having some other polling, not just in the presidential race, but also some different states. We're going to break out some states and talk about that issues up there. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., live, back, right here in the world. See you then. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.